This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha. First, Lech Lecha. We are Hashem El Avram. Lech Lecha. Ma'atum Lecha. Beis Vicha. Alarat Hashem Eka. So I always talk about that in this week's parsha that you can't get where you're going till you leave where you're at. So Akash Baruch was saying to him, listen. You're going to make you into a big nation. I'm going to bless you. I got Lashemecha. You have a great name. Right? But the first thing you need to know is that if you want to grow, right, um, you have to change your environment. It's a very important um, in, in, in rehab and in, in everything. When, when, when someone's a drug addict and he goes to rehab, so the first thing they tell him is that when you leave rehab, if you don't want to relapse, you, you can't go back to the same friends because they're all doing drugs. They're all drug dealers. You have to you have to change your environment. So you come into rehab, you you automatically change your environment. And that environment gives you the time to heal, right? If you're going to go back into your environment. It's you're not. You're going to relapse for sure. So, Baruch is telling Avraham Avinu, you're going to be. Uh, huge and and, 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 and and you're going to have bracha and everything but you can't stay here you have to go to Eretz Yisrael so it's some very important lessons um, I, I, I spoke last night in Lakewood um, to a bunch of boys that, that have challenges and um, they're, in this, they're in this new yeshiva I was blown away by this yeshiva um, that Yehuda Zerkin is running we spoke about it um, they have already 15 kids. They just opened, you know, yeshiva for boys that um, they learn, but they also teach them a trade. And, and and they have these guys in Lakewood that have air conditioning companies and security camera companies and, and, and plumbing and electricians. And they come in and they teach these kids. So I came to the yeshiva yesterday and they had put in one of those air conditioning units in the wall, you know, those, that do heat and air conditioning. I said, wow, it looks, you know, it looks, it looks great. And they, he's like, no, the kids did it. So what are you talking about? He says, yeah, the 15, they did it. And, and they had these cameras all over the place, outside and inside. So yeah, those cameras, we didn't put them up. The kids put them up. So I was like, I was like very blown away. So last night I went there to, to speak. And I know that they went through a lot of, um, they went through a lot of hard times. And I said that there's a Rashi that most people, you know, it's the end of the Parsha. And usually in Yeshiva, you start at the beginning of the Parsha. You don't get to the end of the Parsha. I think once in a while they should flip and go from the end of the Parsha backwards. Because everyone learns the same first 40 Rashis. But at the end of the part, the, I think one of the most important Rashis, and one of the most fascinating, and that's really what I'm going to talk about some of the time tonight, um, the most fascinating Rashis in the Torah, is a little teeny Rashi at the end of Pashis Lach Lecha. What does it say? It says the following. Avraham, Bentishim, Betesha, Shana. Avraham was 99 years old. Behimalo Bisar Olaso. Now is when his when his Arlo when he had a, when he had the Brismila. But it, it sounds like he didn't do the Brismila from the Lushan of uh, like when he when the Brismila happened. But it bothers Rashi why the Torah talks like that. So Rashi says, This is the Rashi, I mean it's like so important. Um, 
Because there's two Rashis. Pasuk Gibel um, Be'etzem Hayom. That he did the bris milah be'etzem hayom in the middle of the day, just like Klaisho left Mitzrayim in the middle of the day. That he didn't do it secretly. Says Rashi, bye bye yom. He did it that day. There's also a very important Rashi. Biyom shenitztava biyom b'loy balayla. He did it the day he was commanded to do it. He did it during the day and not at night. Loy nisraya. He wasn't scared. Loy men not from the Gayim, Vleiman Halitzanim, and not from the people who made fun of it, what everybody does. It seems to be there was always Litzanim, even if they didn't have uh, internet and they weren't online, there seemed to have been always Litzanim. That his enemies, he had enemies, Avram Avino had enemies. We'll talk about that soon. The people of the generation should say, oh, had we seen him do it, we wouldn't have let him do the bris milah. It's a very weird Rashi. What's, what's, what's going on over here? What's Rashi saying over here? Right, that is a weird Rashi, but it's a hard Rashi to understand. What's Rashi saying over here? Right? So what Rashi is saying over here is that he didn't do it secretly at night. That nobody would see, nobody would bother him. He said, Shem gave me a mitzvah to do a milah, to do a bris milah, I'm doing it in public. I'm not scared of the people who are going to talk against me. Now, he seemed to have people, he seemed to have, according to Rashi, right? Why would he have enemies, guys? Why would he have enemies? Well, who are these enemies? Who are these Litsanim Hadar? That's a joke? What's the joke, right? It's a very hard thing to understand, a Brismil, if you're not a Jew. Like, why do you have to, you know, Brismila? So, so Rabbi was saying, I'm going to do it in the middle of the day in front of everybody in your face. And we can see it. I'm not scared that, that I go sneak around because you're going to make fun of, oh, you're a Jew. And then, and what, who, who, are these, who are these enemies? What's going on over here? Okay, so that's, this is one Rashi. So what, what's, what is it, what is all the guys, what do you guys learn from this Rashi? Now when, I, when you have a mitzvah, guys, it's boy by yayim. Don't push it off. He didn't say, okay, I'll do a bris tomorrow. Right a week. Uh, no. We learned from this Rashi, the day Hashem told him to do it, he did it. Don't push it off. What's a person who pushed it off? What do they call that in English? Procrastinator. If you want to be an Avram Avinu, you want to do the right thing, you got to do it right away. You can't be a procrastinator. We're going to talk about who, who this Litsani Hadar, right? Then it says... We have, when do we have the Lutzani Adar? It seemed to me they had this like uh, Inquirer magazine, like they had this right, this Chevra. There's another when, when else do we see Lutzani Adar? Pasha's told us. It seemed to be with a conglomerate newspaper or Chevra. Maybe with a WhatsApp group. Right? Yeah, Hila told us, right? So this, that's a, a bunch of parshas later on. Let's be the same chevra. Avram Hailer is Yitzchak. Aidei Shikasa Vakasa, the Torah has to tell us Yitzchak ben Avram, that it was Yitzchak ben Avram. Who can Avram Hailer is Yitzchak? Why does it have to say, since Hila told us Yitzchak ben Avram, why does it say Avram Hailer is Yitzchak? So Rashi, the Fisha Hailer, Tzani Adar, Oymrim, Melvi Melech, Nisabasara. 
this WhatsApp group, this Hevra, a few parshas later, same with Sunday Adar, you're going to say, oh, Sarah, she didn't get pregnant from Avram Avinu, she got pregnant from Avimelech. Right? So they, they, they don't leave him alone. You think it's only today that people get online and make fun? Where else do we see Lutzana? Do anybody remember? Anyone in the class remember? Let's go all the way to Pasha's Chukas. First Rashim, Pasha's Chukas. You think it's the same Chevro? But Moshe Beno, Pasha's Chukas? Oh, so they're not called Lutzana Adar. Would make fun of us about the paraduma that the good guy gets gets tame, the bad guy gets tar. They're not called the Hadar, What? Different different a different magazine. This is the Tzanei Hadar magazine, and this is the competition, the Umasayla magazine. Right, right. People magazine and then and then the inquirer. Right. So what 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 were they busy with? Okay, we'll see soon. But the Rashi that's not the Rashi I spoke to the boys about. The next Rashi, whoever's listening, if you if you hear this Rashi and you learn from it, it's the whole shear. Listen carefully. The It's an old Rashi to Rashi Yashan. Natal, listen everyone very carefully to what I'm about to say. Natal Avraham Sakin. Avraham took a knife. Right? And he, he grabbed the extra piece of skin. And he wanted to cut it, right? To do a bris milah. He was scared. Avraham was scared. He was scared. His hands were shaking. He was an old man. What did Hashem do? He outstretched his hand. And he held on to the Avram Avinu's hand. And he did the brismila together with Avram. That's why we say... When we dive in, the karais imo habris, the karais imo habris, and he he cut with him the bris. Who's with him? With Hashem. Why Hashem with him? Leinema ali imo. It doesn't say the karas loy habris. He cut himself a bris. He says the karas imo habris. He brings it down from Rashi Yasha. So what? 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 Um, So what, what's, what's important about this Rashi? So I told the boys, we, we have a perception in yeshiva when we learn, and, and I've gotten a little criticism on this, that, right, Walsy, you make, the, you make the people in the Torah into normal human beings, and you're not allowed to do that. You make Moshe Rabbeinu into a, a person who couldn't talk, and, and Yosef Atzalik, and... You make them like like us, and that you're making them chol, and they weren't. They were, you know, who Avraham Avinu was. Like, how could you talk to them like? So I told the boys, but I, I don't make anything. Rashi says this. Rashi says that Avraham Avinu had fear. 
Does it make sense to anyone here that he had fear? He was ready to jump into a fire and his hands shaking by doing a bris. It's the same person? What's Rashi saying over here? He's ready to jump into a fire. Take his whole body. You want to talk about pain? His whole body and jump into a fire. And here he's scared that his hand's shaking. I understand it's a little scary to give yourself a bris with your hand shaking, but you can't compare it to jumping into a fire. So they asked the Kashra, and you have the terrorists. It's not the <laughs> that he was scared, his hands were shaking, I'm going to cut myself, and, 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 and I'm going to hurt myself. And he wasn't scared of that. He was scared that he finally had such a negative lesson for everyone who's listening. He finally had this crazy mitzvah, brismila, to change physically his body for Hashem, like a carbon, mamash like a carbon, right? I, I was many times I've been sandik because I have I have um, talmidim right that make me sandik. When the sandik is the tila for sandik, what does it say? That your feet that the baby's going to be on should be like a mizbeach. So you're like a mizbeach. So if you're like a mizbeach, the baby's like a carbon. The bris is like bring a carbon. Kachuchbalchu came to him and said, "Have this new mitzvah for you. It's a new mitzvah. Do a bris mila." Avraham Avinu was scared. He was scared. My hand's shaking. I'm, I'm going to cut myself, but I'm not going to do the mitzvah correctly. And then finally got this mitzvah, I'm going to be over on this mitzvah. What's this kid that's going to hurt? What's this kid of hurt? You're ready to jump into a fire. Now, in my book, that mitzvah Shem, it's coming after the book of Kibbutzavay, and one day it'll come out of spiritual DNA. And that what a, a big chiddush, that what a parent does. The spiritual DNA goes into the child. So you see over here that Avraham Avinu looked at himself as bringing a carbon. And I'm an old man. And my hand is shaking. And I'm scared that I'm going to do the carbon incorrectly. Yitzhak Avinu became a carbon. And he told Avraham Avinu, Akedas Yitzhak. Akedas means the tying of Yitzhak. Yitzhak said to Avraham Avinu, tie me up. Avraham Avinu said, why should I tie you up? You don't tie up a carbon. It's just because when I see the blade, I'm going, I might move my head. If I move my head, you might become a trefer. The shechita is not going to be good. And you finally have a chance to do this mitzvah, and you're going to mess up on the mitzvah. So you want to talk about spiritual DNA, Avram Avinu. So he was becoming a carbon. This is like, you should be jumping out. If you're in your car, you have to pull over, because I don't want you jumping out the window. Listen to what I'm saying over here. Avram Avinu, his first chance to become a carbon. So Rashi says... He was scared. His hands were shaking. He was scared. He was going to mess it up. So Hashem came in. Hashem held, the, held his hand so that it just shouldn't shake. So Hashem said, listen, if I give you a mitzvah, this is what I told the boys, if I'm giving you a mitzvah and you are scared you're going to mess up the mitzvah and it's coming from such a holy place that you're scared you're going to mess up the mitzvah, I will make sure that you don't mess up the mitzvah. I will give you the satin shmaya to be able to do the mitzvah perfectly. And therefore, you're worried that your hands are shaking. Because your hands are shaking, the bridge is not going to be good. I'm going to hold your hand! I'm going to hold your hand! Because you're scared. The mitzvah is not going to be good. Years later, when your son becomes a carbon, he's going to have your spiritual DNA of the fear of not doing the mitzvah correctly, and therefore he's going to have to be tied. What, what do we, we remember of the whole thing that happened with Yitzchak on the Mitzbeach and Haram Maria, the Akedas Yitzchak. Not the Shechita of Yitzchak, the tying of Yitzchak. 
the Yitzhak was about to be slaughtered, and all he's thinking about is, Ta, you got to tie me down, because if I move, you're going to mess up the whole thing. Where did that come from? Where did he get that from? Get it from his father. It's spiritual DNA. His father was scared his hand would move. Yitzhak was scared his head would move. And the goddess of the, of the, of the whole Akedah is called Akedah Yitzhak. That, you know, another kid would have been like, you know, if that's what Hashem said, that's what you have to do, you know, and maybe if I don't get tied up when my father tries to do this, I'll roll away. I'll get out of the way. The spiritual DNA of his father, and my father's hands were shaking. He was scared he wouldn't do the mitzvah correctly. So myself, I'm also scared. I'm also scared the mitzvah won't be done correctly. And therefore, tie me up. So I kedas Yitzchak came from the spiritual DNA of this Rashi that Avraham Avinu was scared. He wasn't scared of pain. That's for sure not. He was scared that he's not going to do the mitzvah correctly. That was the level that he was on. Therefore, a person who's scared that he's not going to do the mitzvah correctly, he says the Rashi before that, he wasn't going to sneak it at night because People are going to say, what are you cutting? What are you doing? What kind of stupidity is this? You're cutting a piece of your body away? Like, like mutilation, self-mutilation. Right? Abraham Avinu was the big preacher of, of godliness and, and, and Judaism. You don't mutilate yourself. Right? And these guys, when Lutzani Adol were making fun, right? He said, no, Hashem told me to do it. Bye bye. It's a very important Rashi that if a person is scared, that he, he's not going to do something correctly that Hashem asks, and sometimes it's very hard to do things that, you know, that, 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 that are asked of us, and, you're, and you, you don't think you could do it okay, you have to turn to Kodesh Baruch Hu. He sent his hand down. But there's another lesson. What, was it, what do you guys think the lesson was that I gave the kids from this Rashi? What's the big question? What's the big question? There's a huge question here. Question is why didn't Hashem just do the milah? You don't do a milah on yourself. You hire a moil. If you're putting, if you, if this, this was my point to the kids. If you're putting, if you, if you're going to help me already, you're going to hold my hand. Do it. If Hashem would have done the milah, it would have healed immediately. It wouldn't have been no three days being sick. Hashem did the milah. Why didn't Hashem? I understand to ask you to do it for me, but you're already holding my hands. What are you holding my hand for? Do the milah. Huh? It's not the no pain. Not the no pain. It's. Akash Baruch is willing to be your partner. So I told the boys. But he's not willing to do it for you. So, not comparing myself to Akash Baruch, I, I say this all the time. I say, this is my ranch. I say, this is my high school. Listen, I can coach you, but you got to be the player. I'm not. Going to play for you. I'm not. And Wallstein is not going to live. I'm not going to live your life for you. I'm not going to force you to come to the ranch. I'm not going to force you to come to high school. I'm not going to force you to come to school. Will I help you come to school? Will I tell you? Will I help you in school? 100. percent Will I hold your hand? So not not physically, but will I, emotionally? Will I hold your hand? Yes. But I'm not doing the bris for you. So Hashem said, I'm not doing the bris for you. You have to do the bris there's a very famous medrash. I wish I had it in front of me. Where is this medrash? This medrash is in 
Could you get me a Medrash Rava? Medrash Rava? I don't know if they have those red, red ones, but Medrash Rava, Shir Hashirim, has an amazing story. I think I'm right. I think I'm right. Maybe it's in Shemos. No. Medrash Rava, Shir Hashirim. It talks about a very big tzaddik who wanted <coughs> to help build the Beit HaMikdash and they were looking for people to bring huge stones for the Beit HaMikdash or give gold, whatever jewels, whatever it was to the Beit HaMikdash and he had no money and <coughs> he wanted to give and he couldn't give so he went up to this mountain I hope to learn it from inside but I remember it by my path he went up to this mountain Okay, is that, is that... Maybe it has it. Let me see. It's right... If, it's, if I'm right where it is, it's Mamish in the beginning. I think I'm right. You gotta keep reading the pages. Uh. <coughs> oh, I got it, you got it, you got it. Excellent, thank you so much. So much, thank you. He says the following story. You ready? Dov Acher Chazisa Ishmoi B'Malachta says the Medrash. Another interpretation in Shirashir. Have you seen a man diligent in his work? Zok the Zok the the Medrash Rabbah. Zeh Rabbi Chanina Ben Dosa. This was a Chanina Ben Dosa. That was a story that I'm going to tell you. Chanina Ben Dosa. Amru Pam Achas Ro Anchi Ramavel Moilus Mishlamim. We said that Chanina Ben Dosa once saw the men of a city bringing korbanos to the Beit Hamikdash in Yerushalayim. Amar Kula Moilus Mishlam Yerushalayim Vayni Eni Malaklom. They're all bringing korbanos to Yerushalayim, and I'm going to bring up nothing. He was very poor. He didn't have money for korbanos. What should I do? What should I do? My answer, what should I do? Me, I get to Immediately he went out to the outskirts of his city. And he went into the abandoned ruins of a city where he found a big stone. He found a stone. Yatza, so he went out. He came out of the, the, the ruined building and he carved chiseled and painted the stone. Okay? It was a huge stone. Transforming it into a beautiful work of art. So he's got this stone and it's really beautiful. But you can't move it. It's tons. He said, I have to bring this stone to Yerushalayim and give it to the 
Beis Hamikdash. Okay. So another t- another lesson to learn here that he didn't have money doesn't mean you have to give up. So he, he has a stone, but he has no way to transport it. He sought to hire. His question is, how could he hire? He didn't have money. Where you get the money to hire them? So he said, I'm going to pay when I get to Yishlai. Whatever. So he sought to hire some workers to bring the stone to Yishlaim. Will you bring this uh, stone to Yishlaim for me? Okay, we'll do it. Give us a hundred gold coins. And we'll move it. We got trucks, we got buses, we'll get it there. You think I have a hundred gold coins or even fifty gold coins to give you? If I had money, I wouldn't be bringing a rock. I would bring carbonas. So he could not find the money in time to move the rock. Had a problem. So So the workers left him. They said, bye, ain't no money, no honey. We're not moving this rock. So he's like, he was like Avraham Avinu. He wanted to make sure he would do it right, but he couldn't do it right. What does Hashem do when you want to do the right thing and you just can't do it? But he said, Hashem sees that you want to give tzedakah. You don't have the money to give tzedakah. Miyad Immediately Hashem sent him, this should be next week's Pasha, right? The Vayera. He sent him five angels, and the five angels look like people. So this Hever left, who asked for a hundred gold coins, and he, oh, five new people. Give us five salon, nothing. Very cheap. A minimal amount of money. Even if Hanina could afford that. Five penny. Give us five cents. Give me five, give us five cents, we'll take the stone. But, and guys, this is the lesson. Give us five cents to take the stone to Yushalayim. But on one condition. We will bring the stone to Yushalayim, but you have to put your hand under the stone together with us. Okay? So we'll do it. So he says here, very interesting. He says a very interesting voice. He says, the angels knew that even their strength was incomparable to the heavenly assistance rendered that Hashem would help a person who wants to do a mitzvah correctly, like Rav Hanina. They therefore asked that he place his hand with theirs so that they may draw on his reservoir of divine assistance to help transport the stone to Yerushalayim. Do you hear what he's saying here? It seems to be the Malachim couldn't move that stone. They needed a human being, but the human being, he has no strength. They needed his Siyat They needed his Siyat So, for them to move the stone... They needed this human being to put his hand under the stone, so then they would have the siyatishmai from Hashem, and there's no stone that Hashem can't move. Okay? But, okay, so that's what they said. You got, you got to be part of this. We're not doing it for you. So, what happened, guys? 
he put his hand on the skull and inside the Mishalayim and in one moment they're standing in Shalayim and the stones with them. Because she them So Khanina said, okay, I owe them five I owe them five cents. I gotta pay them, right? So he wanted to pay them, but they were Malachim, they were gone. But my so he came to the Sanhedrin. The judges who sat in the Lishagadis and he said, what am I going to do? I owe these guys five cents. I, 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 I offered to pay. I'm a ganaf. I offered to pay these people money and they're not here to pay. What am I going to do? What am I going to do with the five cents? I'm They said to him, You don't owe anybody anything. Our teacher, it appears that the angels brought the stone up to Yushalayim for you. So I told the boy, what's the lesson here? The lesson is that you can do supernatural stuff, but you can't expect Hashem to do it for you if you're not involved. So even the Malachim said, of course they could, we could do this without you, but we can't do it without you. Without, your, without you putting your hand there, there's no Seat Nishmai. So Akash Baruch Hu could have done the bris for Abraham Avinu, but without Abraham Avinu doing the bris, there's no Seat Nishmai. So he had to do, Hashem didn't do the bris for him, Hashem had to do the bris with them. And the problem is that we enable our children and we try to do everything that we can for them, but if they don't have input, right, if they don't have input, it's not going to work. They always, the very beautiful pshat and shalom bias. So whoever's listening, this is a very important thing to everyone who's married. The question is, if Hashem announces 40 days before you come to the world, who are you going to marry? So then what do we need Shachanam for? And what do we need feelings? You know, I, I think I'm in love with this person, I love this person, I don't know, I have feelings about this person. If Hashem set it up, what do you need any feelings for? Why do you bring what, the reason Hashem put emotions into the world is for for Adam and Chava, for for Ishvi Isha to have certain feelings about each other. But if he already announced it, why do you need the feelings? And the Teretz says that even if Kodesh Baruch Hu announced Ruvain to Leah, if if there's if if they if they don't do anything, if they don't have input, marriage can't work. You have to have what do they call it? The flukes in the game. You have to have an investment in the game, otherwise it doesn't work. So even a husband and wife, you know, Hashem announced, Rivka out to Ruvain. But if they don't do any work to make it work, it won't work. It won't work, even though they announced it already. Why do you need the feelings for? He likes you, he doesn't like you, who cares? Hashem said the name already, right? No. In, in, in a marriage, there's three partners. Hashem is a partner. But the two have to have flutes in the game. They have to work on their marriage. Well, Hashem, you take care of the marriage. No. Hashem says, I'm one third apart. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the owner. You, we have to all work together. It's a very important medrash, and it's a very important Rashi. Rashi's saying over here, yeah, you're scared, and you're shaking because you want to do the mitzvah correctly, and you can't do the mitzvah correctly. I will do the mitzvah with you. Oh, Rechina Mendoza, you want to do the mitzvah? You want to bring someone to the base of Migdash, and you don't have any money? Good, I'll send you Malachim. But if you don't put your hand under the rock, the rock ain't moving. What do you mean, Hashem? You can't move the rock. You need me to move the rock. Yes, I need you because was, because you are doing it. The Sadr Shmaya. The Malachim said we need Hashem Sadr Shmaya, and we don't have that without Him putting His hand there. Well, person has to know that in your life, Hashem, you make the shidduch for me. Hashem will help you, but but you have to want it, and you have to be. You have to, you, they, he wasn't scared of getting hurt. He was scared of doing it wrong. So he wanted to do it right. If you want to do it right, Chinyu Mendoza wanted to do it right. So the Malachim did it. Okay, now he, he um, 
Let's read a little bit of the insights. So he asked a kasha like this. Why did Rav Hanina bin Dosha trouble himself to look for a hundred gold coins when he knew that he didn't even have 50 of them? He said, and from where do I have a hundred gold coins or even 50 gold coins to give you? He should have started off and said, and where do I have even 50 gold coins to give you? Right? Why did Hashem, who obviously prepared to perform a miracle for this Chanina Medoza, hold off until until the latter's futile attempt to employ the local porters. In other words, why did, why, did, why did these workers have to come by, the first ones, who said, we're not going to do it unless you pay us, why did, send, why did Hashem send them the Malachim right away? And why did the angels ask Rav Chalina to lend them a hand? Were they unable to accomplish the task on their own? So many commentators addressing one or more of these questions explain the Medrash with the same basic idea. When a person faces an important, listen boys, okay, the, the ranch, uh, from art school, he, he said how, many, how hard it was to start art school, and the famous Rav Noah Weinberg closed seven schools before he opened it, before it worked. When a person faces an important but seemingly impossible task, he should not be discouraged from ta- trying to perform it. It may be true that in natural order of things, his efforts will never bring him his goal. But when he makes the effort and thereby demonstrates his earnest desire to perform the good deed, Hashem will intervene, setting aside the laws of nature to make this holy ambition reality. While well, aware of this secret, of Chanita Mendoza was not deterred by the void in his purse or the vastness of the stone. His heart burned with a desire to bring the carbon to Hashem. And he was determined to show by making whatever effort he could, however inadequate, to bring it to Yushalayim. In other words, I, I have no way to get this stone to Yushalayim. So what are you cutting it and hooing it and painting it? What are you doing? Shouldn't you first figure out how to get the stone there and then do the work? Instead of doing the work and then say, oh, I did all this work and now it's not going anywhere. No, the answer is no. Prepare the stoning by, by, by him preparing the stone. He was showing Kurdish Barkle that he has the Amuna, right? That even though I don't know how it's going to get there, but I got to do what I got to do. That's what I tell the kids. You got you to do what you got to do. But right while saying, how's this ever going to happen? How's this ever going to work? I don't know. You need Siyat Rishmaya. But you have to show Hashem, you have to hold on to the knife to do the Brismila. You have to start the Brismila. Hashem will, will hold your hand. But he's not doing the Brismila for you. I'm not doing the work for you. I'm not forcing you to go to rehab. Because you know what? If you go to rehab for me, then, you, then I own it. You're not doing it for you. It'll never work. You've got to go to rehab because you want to go to rehab. You need someone to pay for it. You need someone to get you there. You need someone to fly you there. You need someone to support you. You need someone to visit you. 100%. But I'm not doing it for you. I don't need to go to rehab. There's no coach in basketball in the NBA that gets on the court to play. He's not playing the game for the, for the athlete. Get off the bench. And with two seconds left, take the shot. I can't take the shot for you. So Kanir Medosa, he didn't figure out first, how am I going to get to, oh, now I have someone to move it, so now I'm going to paint it and cut it. No, he painted it, he cut it, and he says, now Hashem, I did what I have to do, now you've got to do what you have to do. So although he knows that his savings were depleted, but nevertheless entered into negotiation with the porters and then searched for some expected resource which to pay their fee. He thought that, listen, I don't have the money, but if I show Hashem I really want to do it, I'm going to put my hand in my pocket. The money's going to be there. I'm going to win the $584 million tonight. You know, in the, in the, in the Powerball, whatever it's called. 
So he did it. But Hashem did not send him any aid. And the money wasn't in his pocket. He thought there's going to be a miracle. There's going to be money in his pocket because he wants to. Even after the angels arrived to help them out of his predicament, they insisted, we're not doing this, Rabbi, unless you lend a hand. Because it was his efforts, puny though they were, that empowered them to defy the nature for his sake. It's brought down the Chidusherim, Slasemes, Chavetz Chaim. So Chavetz Chaim says it's, he found a, a source for this idea in, in, in Shemos, right? Moshe Rabbeinu said to Klai Yisrael, the Torah, the Torah is not in heaven. For if you say, who can extend to heaven for us and take it for us so that we can listen to perform it? Right? He said, who's going to go to heaven? Who's going to go to Shemayim? Rashi points out that, the, if, that if the title was in heaven, we would be expected to rise up and get it. How could we ask to go to heaven and bring the Torah back to earth? Evidentially, if circumstances required it, we would be obliged to do whatever we could to draw ourselves closer to the Torah. After that, Hashem would do the rest. He would help us, he would help us get the Torah, even if it wasn't Shemayim. And Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, exactly, and I speak about this always in Pasha Shmuel's place, that in Egypt, Batya went down to the Nile to bathe. She saw a basket. Suspecting there was a baby, she stretched out her arm. Right? What does Rashi say? That the, that the basket was actually out of reach. But she extended her arm and miraculously became long. Same thing, same thing as over here. In other words, she wanted to save that baby. So, what she thinks? She's going to put her hand down and it's going to go stretch like Gumby? What do you think? When you put her hand in, she thinks she looks stupid, right? Across the street, there's a bag of potato chips, right? And I want the bag of potato chips, so I'm standing on this side of the street with you guys. I'm like, oh look, bag of potato chips, and I put my hand out. You'd be like, Rebbe, what are you doing? You're you're 40 feet away from the bag of potato chips. What is there something wrong with you? Batya Baspara wanted to save whatever that baby was, so she put out her hand. Why didn't Hashem? Why didn't Hashem bring a wind that the basket would come to her? Because the, the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu was that even though it's impossible, you have to put out your hand. That's what a leader has to do. You want to do a brismila? Hold on to the knife. Hashem is going to hold your hand. You want to bring a stone to the base of Migdash? Just put your hand underneath the stone. You want to save a child? I can't. I don't have the money. I don't have that. Just you put out your hand. will do the rest of it. says, Imam Shid over there. Oh, so now it's easy to see why Hashem performed this miracle. After all, the baby needed was a savior's soul. And she didn't know that. She had no reason to expect a miracle, so why did she bother extending her arm in the first place when she saw there was nothing she could do? Because she knew that when there's a life to save, there's always something you can do. Not necessarily something with a reasonable chance of success, but rather an action, any action, that expresses one's eagerness to help, and then HaKadosh helps you. So this we see from, if you want to look it up, it's a Medrash, Rabbah, Dalid, in Shirashirim. So, what did Bezdin tell him to do? They, he gave them the five cents. Akhani really gave the wage for which he hired the angels. And that's what it says. Have you seen a man doing his work? He shall stand before the malachim. This is referring to the malachim that 
um, that helped him bring the stone to Yerushalayim. It's a very important and very big lesson for all of us. That you, anything that looks impossible to you, if you really want to do it, and you really want to do it with Shem Shemayim, your job is to put your hand out. And don't worry, people are going to make fun of you. Don't worry about Lutzani Ador. Anyone who does something right is Lutzani Ador. Next week we're going to talk about Lutzani Ador. We're going to talk about the whole thing of Sedoim and of Ramavino and why he was hated. The whole world hated He was called an Ivri. What was he called an Ivri? Because they, they thought he was crazy. They thought he's interfering with Hashem. They thought he's anti-Hashem. Hashem made someone poor and you're giving him to eat. That's don't worry, someone's sick and you're healing them. You're like, you're like the worst Russia in the whole world. That was their, that was their psychology. Which was the wrong, of course, the wrong psychology. So yeah, he had haters. As I read Rashi, he had haters. Oivav who would say, "Oh yeah, you got sure you did a bris. You did it in the middle of the night. We would have seen it. We would have stopped you." Now, you boys know that I spoke a few years ago about um, about that Benjamin was a was a werewolf, and that probably was the of all my shiurim, because I said Benjamin was a werewolf, I got the most reaction of any shiur that I ever got. And, and, I, and I, I brought it from a sefer called Eitzah HaPlois HaTayra, and also it was brought down from the Chidah. Well, tonight I'm going to tell you something that's probably even stranger than that. So I'm expecting probably a lot of reaction. I have to read it from inside, because you're not going to believe what I'm about to say. In last week's parasha, it talks about the Dor HaFlaga. And what do they say, the Dor HaFlaga? Let us build a city and a castle, right? A is not a castle, a tower. And the head of it's going to be in Shemayim. And we're going to go up against Hashem. We all like you can't, you can't build. We can't build a tower to to the sun, to Pluto, to to Mercury, to. Right, we, we we don't have that we don't have that ability. So were, were these people were were primitive? Like, what what are you talking about? Like, what were they thinking? Right, what was their thought process? Uh, I, I'm reading it. Everyone, listen carefully. Hagoyin Rav Yonison Eipshitz wrote in his sefer called Teferes Yonison. Tomorrow, he wondered. What were they thinking? Should Bichay live nice in Bidol Hashemayim? That they're going to build a, a, a tower into heaven? Did they, did they think they could build such a high tower? Mathematically, mathematically, Gerenson said, to build a tower that would reach Hashem, the base of the tower, in order to hold the tower, would be bigger than the earth. You figure it out mathematically, the amount of miles to build a tower, we able to hold the base of the, of the base of the tower was to be bigger than the earth. But they, had, they didn't have anything bigger than the earth, than the whole earth, the circumference of the earth. Mathematically, it's unbelievable, right? So, They knew that they could not build a, 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 a tower because they didn't have the base. This is what he says. They wanted to 
build a tower high enough to be out of the atmosphere to get out of the earth's atmosphere a place where there's no gravity gravity belaz it's called gravity in a different language even heavy objects fly upwards when there's no gravity and from there they thought that they would be able listen to what he wrote that they would be able to float in anti-gravity where there's no gravity in a, in a, in a ship in a spaceship they built a spaceship is what he's I'm, don't get angry I've got reading from inside Mala Mala higher and higher it would fly and we and he, he's right they were right Ad Kadur Hayereach till the Kadur the, the ball called the moon so they weren't they weren't looking to go to Hashem they were looking to create a spaceship that would leave the atmosphere of earth and go to the moon. Why? And to build um, to build houses, to build places on the moon. And there, they would never have to worry about a marble spaceship, atmosphere, gravity, the moon. They were looking to go to the moon, and they would build a, what, what do you call it on the moon? Um, a moisture, a space station. space station on the moon, and they would live on the moon, and there, they don't have to worry about God. He's not, he's not, he's not, he, he, he let him drown the earth. Who cares about the earth? We're, we're going to be safe. You hear? Boys, you hear what I'm saying? You're not going crazy? What? I, I, I guess they had, they, they had a way to go, they had to have oxygen, I don't know. Oh, he says in the bottom from the Tiferes Yonis in Pashas Noach that Roya Shakeli, this uh, the spaceship Hanasim Alechas Afifa Sharuach Menisha Beturan that it would have some kind of jet expulsion engines Sharuach Yavia Hakeli Malo Malo the the engines would make the the Keli the ship go higher and higher. They would never come back to earth. Wow. That's what that was their plan. Okay. Um... Then he says the following: Anche Adar, Anche Dar Aflaga. The people who lived in the Dar Aflaga were punished; that many of them were turned into kaifim. They were turned into monkeys. So this whole Darwin's theory that humans came from monkeys is maybe he wasn't so wrong. They don't come from monkeys, but humans became monkeys. Oy, be'inin zetchen hafku be'adam b'dar aflag liachas l'chayes asadna. 
He says he brings down from the Minchas Eliezer. Can you do a Maima Olam Sheyichas Hayuladim Yedoladar? Kiyemal Hakayfim Kiyemah Bnei Adam Arurim. That monkeys are cursed humans. Shahaya Ma'az Bnei Adam Neskal Gachem Bnei Shemayim Lachari Gashem Yedoladar. Bnei Loya Devi Devi Chazal. Sheyishbim Tzuras Adam. They look like human beings. But he says it like this. In the Gemara, the Gemara brings down Amar Rav Yirmiyah ben Baralaza. Nechluchu lishleishikitos. The people from the Dar al were punished. They turned into three things. The ones who said Na'lev v'Na'asem Uchama. Let's go up and fight with Hashem. Na'asu Kaifim v'Ruchais v'Shedim v'Lilin. They became monkeys, spirits, and shadim. The ones that fell into the water became spirits of the water. The ones that fell into the yar, into the forest, nasu kaifim. They became monkeys. Mishinaflu by midbar, the ones that fell into the midbar, nasu shadim. They became shadim. So, listen, this is, this is mind-boggling. So we have a saying, monkey see, monkey see, monkey do. Right? Monkeys copy you. Devarim Niflayim, he says, about the Anche Flaga that became monkeys. It says in the Sefer Shevet Moser, Benir it seems, the Kibbutz HaKarifim Hoi Mitchilu Bnei Adam, since monkeys used to be human, that's why they look like us, they have fingers. Right? Everything that he sees a person do, they copy us. Right? Monkey see, monkey do. Why? Because they want to become um, compared to, to become back to what they used to be. And therefore, they copy the human being. <laughs> and I see, I just underlined. It says also that they turned into elephants. That I never knew. I knew about the monkeys. I never knew about this. It's the first Shlomo that talks about the monkeys. He says, He brings, They became monkey, or they became um, elephants. And he and um, the Sefer Yasha, which is brought down, was written by Moshe Rabbeinu. It was written by Moshe Rabbeinu. Brings down that 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 elephants were humans from the Dara Flaga. And he explains the Gemara, boys. And you can look this up. The Gemara Mesechtas Brachas Daf Nun Ches Amid Beis. Haraya Peel. A person sees an elephant. Or he sees a monkey. Or he sees a vulture. You make a bracha, it's a Mishnah, right? It's in um, the Brachas. You make a bracha, Mishan Habriyas. How do you understand that, boys? Why would you make Mishan Habriyas means he changed the Bria? Why would you, why would you make a bracha, Mishan Habriyas, on, 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 according to the Gemara? On, on a monkey or on a, or on an elephant. His mashma 
that they never used to be a monkey or an elephant. They were human. But you were Mishana the Bria. You changed the Bria. So he brings a riot from the Gemara that monkeys and elephants we used to be human beings. Why, why only make a bracha on these animals? They became monkeys. They became elephants. And just like you see a monkey likes to do what a human being does, he says that elephants understand human language. Maybe that's why they're able to, to in the, in the, train them in the circus the way they train them. We, that, that, that what? That their punishment was they became Why? What's the Midah? I gave you Das and I gave you the, the able to talk, right? To use that to make a, to, to make a tower, to go get me, to go against me. That's what I did this for? So the punishment is, you're not using your intelligence and your ability to speak to, to just the opposite, to make a kiddush Hashem, but to destroy Hashem. So I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring you down to the level of an animal. So he turned them all into animals. And the Torah says he changed all their languages. I gave you language to use for the right thing. Use it for the wrong thing? So he's talking to change their languages. He says, unbelievable, he says that, 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 uh, the only, the only, the only, um, Anida, right, a period that a woman has, he says, there's no such thing in the animal kingdom. So what's Nida based on? Nida's based on that a woman produces an egg, and if the egg doesn't get fertilized, the body washes it out, right? And it misses, and, and that's why it's tummy, because it misses, we, we learned this in Isha Kisazria, it missed its potential. Its potential is to become pregnant, and it didn't become pregnant. So the potential is Kedusha, right? And when the Kedusha washes out, what replaces it is Tumma. That's why there's a thing of Tumma Nida. So want to hear something fascinating? There's one animal that has, that has a period. A monkey. Wow. There's a Raya. There's a Raya. That they were once human. How come by all the wild animals there's no such thing as a female animal that has nida, right? Except for zulas, the isha uba kaif. It's evolution in reverse. What? It's evolution in reverse. It's evolution in reverse. That's it. He ends up a tear. It says, "Man, Adaram Abel." Why do you why do you say Mishana Bria is only by them? He says, "The tear. It says, 'Man, Adaram Abel, Nifrakish Bachum and Hanashim.' He punished them. Shahafchin lekayfim v'pilim. They became kayfim and pilim. Vahenush akayf deim lo adam. And a monkey looks like a human who peel nami maven. Lashim le adam. He seems to and he says that a uh, that a, uh, a monkey." Um, that a monkey, that a, that a, that a, an elephant understands our language. Okay. Now you dick. So we we learned today that um, very surprising that it was a rocket ship. They were trying to build a rocket ship. They were trying to get out of the Earth's atmosphere, and they would float up to the. Uh, to the moon, and then they would live on the moon, and that way they wouldn't have to 
we don't the Torah we don't we, we think like we're so way ahead they were they already had, knew how to do they knew the atmosphere they knew the gravity they knew everything but Kershbochu didn't allow it to happen because that was using the Chachma for the using technology and using the Chachma for the, for the wrong thing and therefore Midah Kenegi Midah that's what happened Baruch Hashem we're not elephants and whoever's watching this year understands English and understands my shir without being an elephant and we're not monkeys and Klai um, is not the Daha Flaga and uh, he brings down that they used to be tzaddikim that used to go to the zoo for five minutes to make the bracha on the on a monkey and on a, and on a elephant it's a, it's a bracha and they would leave amazing so that humans came from monkeys and they found that probably Darwin, I don't know exactly who came through this, but they found DNA and it's very much alike and that, 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 that. Yeah, you were, you were right, but you don't know where, it, you, you're right, but you don't know where it came from. It didn't come from evolution. It actually, it's, it actually, Hashem punished them and, 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 and he, he says there were no, there were no, um, there's one else that he brings out, they, they would, they would dubim, they were beers and that the Torah doesn't mention beers at all. And the whole Torah doesn't mention anything about beers. Because the beers were also came from the Dara Flag or whatever. But um, the, the, the main, huh? Yeah, right, right in, in, in Chumash, not in, not in, in Tanakh. The main lesson is that, that, that what we learn here tonight, and what we have to walk away with, is that there's nothing, there's nothing beyond your reach. There's nothing beyond your reach. If you, if you want to do something that, for Hashem, um, you prepare it. You get everything ready. And of course, you know the story of the ranch. I'm not going to go through it again. That you know, it was an impossible thing, and it was a miracle, and we wanted it very bad, and we wanted it for the right reasons. And Baruch Hashem, I was there today. It's not normal. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's it's saving lives. It's 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 beautiful. It's magnificent up there. All the all the trees are changing colors. It's like not normal. It's like. And, and 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 you just you you have to prepare you have to do it you gotta you gotta put your hand out but you put her hand out it's stretched he put his hand under the stones they, you know they went to Eretz Yisrael Avraham Avinu and this is, what I, this is my lesson to the boys I said guys I know you went through trauma I know you've had a very hard life and I know your hand's shaking and you're not sure you open the yeshiva we're gonna be able to learn I got thrown out I, I didn't make it in any of the yeshiva how am I gonna do this and you're very shaky I said but if you turn to Hashem like Hashem, I really want to learn. I really want to go back to Yeshiva, but I have all these struggles, and I have all this trauma, and I have all this pain, and I don't know, and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Hashem says, "You go to Yeshiva, you open your Gemara. I'll take care of the rest. You put your hand out, but I'm not doing the bris for you. He's not, God is not an enabler. He's not an enabler. He's a helper. I'm not doing it for you." I always wondered, and, 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 and when I was preparing the shear, it answered a question that I always had. Why didn't Hashem just split the Yamsuf? What's, what's with the Nachshim and Nada until he went over his nose? The Jews are stuck. The Mitzvah went behind him. The water's in front of him. Everybody's screaming and yelling, Oh my God, we're going to die. It's over. All right. Just split the Yamsuf, Hashem. Like, just do it. You need one human being. you got to go in the water until his neck, over his nose, and then you split it. What, 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 it's drama. We have to do the... Ten Commandments, Moses, someone has to go into the water. Why? And the answer is this answer. You have to go into the water. I'm not splitting it for you. You have to do an action. He said, Avraham Avinu, I'm not doing the bris for you. Your hands are shaking. You're worried that it's not going to work out correctly. I'll hold your hand. I'll do everything. But I'm not 
enabling you. So you want to go across the Yamsuf? I'm not splitting the Yamsuf. Somebody's got to go in there. Somebody's got to take that step. That's what, we, that's what Hashem wants from everyone who's watching. What, is he, what does God want from you? He wants your hand underneath the stone. He wants your hand outstretched to the basket you can't reach. He wants you to go into the water till over your nose. And he says, I'll take care of the rest. But you, I'm not enabling you. You've got to take the step. I'll carry you. I'll make it happen. You've got to take the step. And that's one of the most important Rashi's that, that I've ever seen. Because, like, Aramavina, why, why, what, what are you so worried about? Right? You weren't worried about jumping in the Kishon of Aish. Aramavina was worried about not doing the Mitzvah correctly. And that gave his son Yitzchak the same DNA. It's, it's Neyudik. To be able to lay and, and, and say, time me up. And the, the godless of that whole story is that Akedas Yitzchak. Is that he wanted to be tied up. Like, he, I, you know, another person would think, like, okay, he's going to, eh, my father's going to want, and I'm going to roll away. And he'll get the mitzvah. He thought he was going to chop my head off. Yitzchak said, Dad, tie me up. I don't want to move. You have such an unbelievable chance to do such a crazy mitzvah. If I move and the shkit is no good, you're not going to get another chance. I'm dead. The shkit is no good. I'm in a veil. It's not going to work. Where did that come from? Came from this Rashi. Came from this Rashi. Avram was scared that, that he would, his hands were going to shake. He's going to do the bris wrong. He wasn't scared that it's going to hurt him. In fact, the next Rashi says that because he was so old, it probably didn't, wouldn't have hurt him altogether. If you look at the next Rashi, because he was very old, there wasn't much. To, there wasn't much of an arla there. So it wasn't. He was scared of pain. He wasn't scared of pain. He was scared of not doing the mitzvah correctly. He was scared of not getting it done. That's what you're scared of, Hashem says? I'll help you. May Hashem give us... May we have the will to take the first step. And may Hashem always hold our hands. Whoever's listening, and all of Klai Yisrael. Anytime our hands are shaking, or even if they're not shaking, may we all feel that God, that Akash Baruch Hu, is always holding our hands. And if we have that feeling, we could do anything. And with that feeling, we should bring Mashiach from here, be Amenu, Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.